0: Hey, Jeremy. What's that you're reading? Well, hey, TJ. Well, we're talking with Alex McFarland this week, so I'm reading his new cookbook, Alex McFarland's 10 Ways to Make Spare Ribs in Your Spare Time. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm reading Alex McFarlane's 7 Motorcycle and Automobile Repair Tips for Everyone. Right, right. I saw, I saw that one in the store. It looks really good. You know, when you're done with that, you should really check out Alex McFarlane's How to Rock Out on Guitar in Less Than 10 Minutes a Day. It changed my life. He really has written a lot of books, hasn't he? Yes, he has, TJ. Yes, he has. Making connections. Affecting the culture. Just doing life. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. You know, Wesley, there are some things in Scripture that, whenever I see we're commanded to do it, it just simply makes me uncomfortable yep. <laughs> thinking about doing it, right? I mean, you know, there could be a couple, a bunch of different reasons for that, but the fact of the matter is, we're not called to be comfortable. We're called to be obedient, mm-hmm. and today, uh, that's really what we're going to be talking about. We're in, we're talking today with Alex McFarland. Uh, if you have been reading EngageMagazine.net, you'll uh, no doubt recognize the name. Also, if you listen to America Family Radio, uh, you will no doubt recognize the name Alex McFarland. He is co-host of Exploring the Word with Burt Harper. He is also our resident apologist. Um, he, well, We're going to get into all the different things that you do, Alex, but first off, let's just say
1: thanks for being here. Wow. Thanks very much. It's great to be with you guys.
2: Now, don't, also, or don't forget that he's also part of the Engage Magazine team. We want to claim yep, him. Absolutely. He is <laughs>
1: ours.
0: Uh, we yep. In Amen. fact, if you go to the authors tab, he is the first name uh, on there. So uh, you can go and check out Alex McFarlane. Hit his name. You're going to see a bunch of really great articles. But the one that we're focusing on today, the one that we're talking about, is going to be... Um, Reaching out to Muslims in an ISIS-charged culture. So first off, Alex, I think that there are some things we need to understand about the Islamic faith, about Mm -hmm. the Muslim faith. Um, And so just right off the bat, can you give us some of the, the, the really succinct, really short, what are some of the basic tenets of the Islamic faith?
1: Well, well first of all thanks for having me on I just I so respect both of you I really do and I love what you're doing with engage and it's it's a joy everywhere I go to tell people about engage and then a couple of days later they'll email me and they're like oh man you're right this is awesome yeah. <laughs> and, good, yeah. good yeah but um you know Islam and Christianity really are different even though Muhammad uh, he lived uh he was born in 571 and Islam really started about 622. But um, he grew up part of his early life in a Catholic orphanage, Mm -hmm. and so he was exposed to Christianity. He was also raised by an uncle that was part of a group that really denied the Trinity. There had been a guy named Nestorius who was condemned as a heretic in the early church because he denied the Trinity. Mm -hmm. They, They were very strict monotheists. They believed there was one God. Now, we believe there's one God but they deny Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So it's interesting, Muhammad goes to live with this uncle uh, who's part of the last kind of enclave of these these Nestorians who deny Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So um, many scholars, including Islamic historians, believe this really did influence him. He was kind of biased against the people at that Christian orphanage that threw him out when he was about 15. Mm -hmm. He may have had epilepsy, actually. Uh, Some scholars believe that Muhammad may have been an epileptic, but for whatever reason, his exposure to people at this Catholic orphanage was not positive. It was negative. Mm -hmm. And so he's apparently got this bias against Christianity anyway. I'll tell you this. I've got um, a, a lot of religion and history books from a long time ago There's a book I've got from the 1920s by a man named Samuel Braden, B R A D E N. It's called The World's Great Religions. And so the reason I quote a book from 100 years ago is because I would assume that this is before political correctness and a lot of the spin. And he said, Braden, the scholar from 100 years ago, says Islam was the first religion that was started simply to be in conscious objection to Christianity.
0: Mm. Oh, wow.
1: Now, think about that. Now, did Muhammad have visions? Uh, I I think he did. I actually think they probably were uh, demonic visions, Mm -hmm. uh, and even Muhammad himself feared that at one point. But it's interesting to note that Islam was, was created and birthed, if this scholar is correct, to be in conscious objection to Christianity.
2: So, what we're looking at here today, and I just want to give—I want to flashback to reach currently when you're talking about Islam. We we got the shooting um, in the Orlando nightclub, all the way back to the San Bernardino, San Bernardino shooting, the Chattanooga shooting, the Washington shooting. So, how does what you're what you just shared—the historically—how does that translate or transition into people the radical? The radical the radicalism
1: oh great great question do you know we the the terrorism that we are seeing is really kind of a latter 20th century phenomenon Mm -hmm. because um when in uh well there was what was called the balfour declaration around 1917 that um, britain and uh, nations around the world began to um, stand with israel as more and more jewish people were returning to their homeland And, of course, as we know, in May of 1948, Israel reconstituted itself as a nation. So what that basically meant was that the Arab occupation of Jerusalem that had gone on for centuries unquestioned was going to change. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Many nations, including our president, Harry Truman, in 1948, Truman, who was a Christian, uh, said the United States recognizes the sovereign nation of Israel. Well... um, the terrorism that has only grown and only grown and only grown, I attribute to the fact that um, they don't like Israel mm. in the city of Jerusalem. I, I was there a year ago, and uh, we talked on the Temple Mount with some girls that were there, and uh, not trying to be controversial here, but I was there with an Air Force colonel, and uh, a, a people, we stood there in awe as these girls on the Temple Mount were shouting that the Jews should be thrown to the bottom of the sea. Oh, wow. Yes. So, and we actually have this on film. My point is, when I speak at American universities and they talk about um, Islam as a religion of peace, as a religion of tolerance and understanding, when you go there to um, Arab lands or to the Holy Land, uh, you just, you, you get a cold dose of reality. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying there aren't some good, peace loving individual sure, Muslims. There sure. are. There absolutely are. But really, this is about getting Israel out of Jerusalem and out of the land of Israel. Right. Uh, because they want that to be, along with the whole wide world, under Islamic subjugation. And, and we're going to read some of their, yeah. the law.
2: your law. And we're going to read a little bit of the Quran here. I got a verse here that I'll share with us in a minute to kind of make your point. Uh, Well, you're listening to Gaze Magazine on American Family Radio. We're so grateful you've tuned in this afternoon, this Saturday afternoon, to listen to Alex McFarlane, TJ and I are in the studio here today, and we're talking about ISIS, and we're going to get to how do we reach out to them as Christians, how do we try to influence them for the glory of God, how can we win souls over in the muslim community but before we do we have to understand what we're up against we have to understand well you have
0: to understand and, and this goes into uh, whether you're discussing faith with an atheist whether you're discussing faith with an agnostic um <laughs> or even with someone who says that they're safe but doesn't have fruit you have to get into the mindset right you have to understand um you know kind of where they're coming from because we want to make sure that we're speaking the same language, right. and so especially when it comes to the Islamic faith. Uh, and I'm sure Alex, you could speak more to this than I could. But when we say holy scripture, uh, the way that even yeah. we understand the Bible and the way that an Islamic person understands the Quran and the the, the relationship that we have with our two books, um, even that is very different. Sure. So uh, well, under, we have to get into the mindsets. side.
1: We really do, and we have to understand that um, Islam and Christianity are, are not synonymous. A different view of God, different view of salvation, different view of the afterlife, different view of of the Jewish people for sure. Different view of Scripture. Um, uh, I interviewed a guy on on our show on exploring the Word, a man named Stephen Prothero uh, from Boston, and he wrote. He's a scholar. He wrote a book called "God Is Not One." O n e. And he says that, look, the conventional wisdom says, okay, all religions are basically the same. And he says, no, they're not. He said they might all be false, but they can't all be true. Right.
0: Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Because they they say different things. And when when people, as so many do, they'll say, well, you know, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism are the three great monotheistic religions. And they're basically the same. (laughs) Look, okay, I'm sitting in a chair in the studios at American Family. The chair has four legs. My dog has four legs. They're similar, but they're not the same. <laughs> you know, religions might, yeah. uh, prima facie on the surface, appear to be similar, but if you look, they're, they're very, very different. Uh, when we Christians talk about Scripture, we're talking about the Bible, mm-hmm. 66 books. When Muslims talk about Scripture, they're talking about the Quran. By the way, you know, the Quran as it exists um, wasn't even compiled in Muhammad's lifetime. It was the Quran which they call the Holy Koran uh, was compiled a, a several hundred years after the death of Muhammad. So, um, now isn't now, isn't it also written from longest is put together from longest verse to shortest verse? Is that correct? That's what I've heard. That's yeah. what I've heard too. Yeah. And, and and by the way, they will say this. It, it's interesting. They pride themselves on their monotheism that there's one God. Mm-hmm. And it, the highest sin of all is called the shirk, S-H-I-R-K, to assign partners to God. Oh, wow. Um, so if, if you said, you know, there are two gods or three gods, which is when we say Trinity, they, they think we are tri-theists. Right. So that's that's one obstacle that we have to, as Christians, we uh-huh. have to overcome when we discuss exactly. faith with Muslims. Yeah. Exactly. But I debated an imam from Atlanta uh, on a radio network right after nine eleven. And he said that the Quran and, and my flags went went up. He goes, the Quran is eternal and uncreated. And I was like, whoa, whoa, hang on here. <laughs> I said, so the Quran is eternal and uncreated. And it never there was never a time when it didn't exist, never a time when it won't exist. And I said, and and I really think God gave me this question. I said, so is the Quran numerically the same as Allah? And he thought he said, No. I said, so wait a minute. Allah is eternal and uncreated, but the, the Quran is eternal and uncreated. And he goes, yes. Now this is an imam of a mosque I'm debating. And I said, look, my friend, that's called dualism. You know, if you've got two eternalities, that's not monotheism. It's dualism. So they but they, they so almost, he was confused. <laughs> yeah. They almost appropriate the characteristics. Of deity to the Quran. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and Stacey Long, a writer for Engage, also, she's a writer for the AFA Journal, had a story that did the same, that kind of brought that out uh, from um, a conference that she went to. Uh, you can go check that out at afajournal.org.
2: Hey, Alex, we're coming up on our break here in the second half. We're going to talk about how we reach. Um, uh, reach Muslims but Absolutely. give them, their, give our audience their what your website because there's a bunch of great resources Absolutely. on there.
1: Oh thanks. Well my name is just alexmcfarland.com All uh, right, everything.
0: Well, and Alex is going to come back. You now have a, a very general understanding of, of the Islamic faith. Come back next segment we're going to talk about how we can use this knowledge to spread the gospel, grow the kingdom of God and reach these people with the gospel. Come back we're going to have Alex McFarland with us again.